Well, good morning, church. Um, just a, a couple side notes here. First of all, um, as our church grows, you know, 2020 was sort of that rough year and everything was shut down and we slowly have gotten our way back. And, and as you can see, the seats are filling up and you look around like, oh, I don't know them. And, oh, who are they? And um, we are trying to get better, hopefully connecting people. So starting in June, we, uh, we've got a small group of people that we've been praying together and sort of preparing and talking. And it's like, what can we do to connect people better? Whether it's small groups, potluck, whatever it might be. Who doesn't like a potluck, right? Yeah, I see that fist pumping. Yeah, potluck. So um, we are hoping in June to start getting more of that back going again to help you connect. And if you maybe have, uh, this is even your first Sunday here. We're glad you're here. Uh, we try to make an effort to make sure that you feel welcome here. But our, our number one priority here Sunday morning is to worship God with everything we got. And uh, then next down on the priority is hopefully get to know you. And so we, we want to make that effort. You know, as a parent, um, I'll just speak on behalf of all parents. Parents can be proud people, right? We're like proud of our kids. And I overheard a couple of parents talking the other day, and, and uh, they were just sort of bragging on their kids. And, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, I've been there, done that. And I'm hearing the conversation, and, and the one parent is saying, man, I have the perfect son. And the other parents, oh, really? Does he smoke? No. Does he drink whiskey? No. Does he come home late at night? No. Wow, you really do have the perfect son. How old is your son? Just turned six months the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, I got you. I mean, that's the way we are as parents, right? Um, I, I can remember with my kids, moments when you're just like, it's like, you just say one more thing and something might happen, right? I'll never forget that one of my boys is like, just say it. And I'm like, ooh, you better knock it off. It's like, well, but dad, but it sort of goes on, right? And then I looked at it's like, listen, that's it. One more and you're geography. And he goes, geography? Do you mean history? I said, hey, don't change the subject on me. <laughs> okay, that was a joke. Good. I got a couple laughs out of that. That was just a whole purpose. I just wanted to tell one joke. Actually, both were jokes. Okay, the other one was a joke too. It's like, why are you telling a joke? You're a pastor, not a comedian. I'm looking for my wife. She's going to give me the head nod. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to start off with a joke because every week I'm coming in here the last month or two and I said, you are loved by God. And I'm going to tell you right now, we, we have God's word, the Bible, written by man, inspired by the Holy Spirit. All these books, all these words of truth telling you that you are loved by God. And you know what? There's people out there that think that's a joke. So I thought I'd start off with a real joke. Okay? This is not a joke. God loves you. That's truth. That's truth. And we need to hear that. We need to know that. And Because and, there's some people, like I said, they, they sit there and think, well, if God loves me, then why am I going through this in my life? If God loves me, then why am I experiencing this pain? If God loves me, why do I have to deal with everything that's going on all around? God loves me? That's a joke. That's how some people honestly feel. And we need to address that. You need to know it's not a joke. It's truth. God loves you. And here's the thing. The devil doesn't joke about it. See, the devil's a liar, not a jokester. He likes to fool you. He likes to fool me. 
He's not going to tell a joke. He's going to tell a lie and try to fool you and I. He's going to tell you, you aren't loved. You aren't smart enough. You aren't good enough. You know, and what he'll do is he'll flood our minds with negative thoughts and lies. You know, in Psalm 23, we've been talking about this, how we talked about the Lord as our shepherd. He's, he's, he walks with us even when we're in those dark moments of life. We can be on mountaintops and we can be in the valleys and he walks with us. He is with us, right? But then we read in, in the next verse, verse 5, it says that what? He prepares a table for us. A feast for you and I. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God says, I want you at the table with me. Come to the table and let's spend some time together. And here's what you need to know and what what I've talked about is the enemy, our spiritual enemy, the devil, he likes to sort of sit off to the side and sort of shout and whisper and draw our attention away from the table. He doesn't want us to hear truth. He wants to distract us. And he will say everything he can to get you to avoid what is true at the table. Church, listen. Here's the truth. Let me say it again. You are loved by God. That's truth. The whispers, the lies that come from, from all sides, you're not good enough to be loved by God. There's a better life for you at another table, at another place. You don't measure up. To some of the people in the church, look around. You're not like that person in the church. They go to two Bible studies. You don't even go to one. Look how they're dressed. You don't even dress like a churchy person. You you don't have a nice house. You don't have nice clothes. Why would God love you? You just don't measure up. You'll never find anybody to make you happy. You're damaged goods. You're divorced. You're depressed. Why Why would anybody love you? Especially God. You don't measure up to his standards. Church, those are all lies. Those are all lies. And we've probably sat there and, and we've debated like, well, if God loved me, then why am I experiencing? And you just go ahead and fill in the blank. Because those are the kind of lies that come our way so we start doubting the love of God. And those whispers, those lies, those are not jokes. They're lies. Those lies. And I have to stop and then say, who told you you weren't loved? Who made those accusations towards you? It wasn't God. I'll tell you right now, God doesn't talk like that. He doesn't. It's the enemy who sits by the table, not at the table, by the table. Close enough to tell you what is a lie. The enemy's a liar. He's going to try to convince you that, matter of fact, Since you're not even good enough in love, why don't you just be miserable and make everybody else around you miserable? Why don't you be mean? Why don't you hurt other people? Because you've been hurt, you should hurt others. Another lie, right? We are created in God's image to worship our almighty, powerful God, but yet the, the devil tries to lure us away from truth. And so then, as his goal is to... Make us live in darkness to miss out on what is true. Open up your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Mark. Now, if you were in um, first service last week, you might have noticed that I misquoted a scripture. I told you to go to one place and it was another place. It was one spot in Luke and another spot in Luke. I'm so thankful for a church that is willing to come up to me after, you know, some people are like, oh, he messed up. He went to the wrong chapter. And then there are some people like, hey, Rex, you went to the wrong chapter. I'm so thankful for a church that would do either one. But I'm thankful for a church that, that will open up their Bible and like, 
it's not Luke 7. It's Luke 17. Where is he at? Um, that tells me you're in God's word. I'm very thankful for that. And uh, so if I ever miss the wrong address on here, it happens in life too. I call the wrong number. I show up at the wrong house. So sometimes I show up at the wrong scripture, but I still find it. Um, Mark chapter 1 is where we're at. Starting verse 21 of chapter 1. Jesus and companions went to Capernaum. And it was when the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. If you can sort of picture church is going on, Jesus walks in. And I'm telling you, if Jesus walked in here this morning right now, flesh and blood, he walks in, I'm walking down, okay? Uh, there's only one spot for him, and he's up in front of us. So I'll get out of the way, right? I mean, wouldn't that be so cool? Like, Jesus was like, Come on up, teach, please, 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 right? So you can imagine, you're sitting here and Jesus walks in, but look at the next verse then. He's not alone here. Verse 23, suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Listen, church, the devil knows who Jesus is. The demons know who Jesus is. Sometimes we miss it, they don't. They don't. Look what happens. Verse 25, Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed through the man in the convulsion and then came out of him. Verse 27, amazement gripped the audience. They began to discuss what happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority that even evil spirits obey his orders. And the news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Wow. Nothing like showing up and having to, at church and to deal with a demon, right? I, I look at that and I think, but here's the thing. Here's why we're reading this. Because Jesus makes it very clear who's in charge. When the devil tries to talk, Jesus shuts him up. Tosses him out. He's got the authority. He's got the power. And the devil wants to destroy us. God loves us so much. And when I say you are loved by God, it's the kind of love that says, I'm going to step up to bat for you, and I'll defend you against this bully, and I'll kick him out. That's how much I love you. I don't want you to hear the lies. I want you to hear truth. When you step into a church, you better hear truth. And if somebody's speaking lies, we got to address it. Truth is, God loves you. Crystal clear. God doesn't want us living a lie that, you know, i got to be bad to hurt others. I'm not loved. Whatever it might be. Here's the thing, because if you sit there long enough and listen long enough to the lies, you're going to start believing the lies. And it will affect how you live. The enemy is a destroyer of life. And he wants to attack your thoughts and your mind. I want to show you some spots in Scripture. Follow along as... You can. I'm going to zip through these pretty quick. Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 22. Paul said this, the Apostle Paul, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that, look at this, it's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. See, this apostle, this theologian, this great man of God that wrote so many books of the Bible, he's like, i got a battle going on in here in my mind. Who's going to help me be victorious? Praise God, it's Jesus Christ. Look what he says later in chapter 8. So now there's no condemnation 
for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. If you go back like, oh, I remember Moses and the Ten Commandments. Can anybody in here keep the Ten Commandments? No. We're all going to break a commandment or two, a law or two, right? We can't humanly keep the law like it says here. So look at what the next verse says. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son, that's Jesus Christ, in a body like the body we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Next verse. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think of, look at this, think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Look at this. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Our behavior is a direct result of what's going on up here. How we think, so we act. Learning that the, the, or letting the Holy Spirit control and lead our lives is a life that leads to peace, that leads to, leads to life. Ephesians 4.18 says this. Satan, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. When you talk to somebody who maybe doesn't know anything about God or about Jesus, you need to pray that as you have that conversation, that their minds are open to see. Because the God of this world wants to blind everybody from seeing truth. The God of this world doesn't want people to know what it says in this book right here. Next scripture, Ephesians 4.18. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds, hardened their hearts against Him. The enemy will attack our mind. The enemy will attack our thoughts. That's why we read in Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Look at the next part. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Another translation, ESV says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Similar, right? See, our mind is a battlefield. The enemy knows this. It, it can, it, your mind's going to direct you into next action, your next position, what you're thinking. And if, if it can direct you and say, you have no value. If you start listening to those kind of lies, you have no worth. You're going to live like you have no worth. You're going to live like you have no value. You're going to treat others as if they have no value. If the, if the enemy can make you think less of yourself, like I'm a loser, if the enemy can think, make you think less of God, less of victory, less of the work of the Holy Spirit, he wins. So what I want to do this morning, I'm going to do something that I do, and some of you that are here this morning, maybe I've worked with your team or you're an athlete in here and I've worked with you before. Is this, going to, this is going to sound very familiar to what I've shared with some of you um, because I want you to understand how the mind works, okay? So here's what I want you to do. Right now, please do not picture an elephant or an elephant on a beach ball, okay? Just don't, don't, don't think of it, okay? How'd you do? You pictured one, didn't you? 
Even though I told you not to do it. It's funny because as a coach, sometimes I'm like, hey, don't worry about that turnover. Hey, don't worry about that mistake. And right away, what does the athlete do? They think about the mistake. They think about it. It's like, I just told you not to worry about it. Exactly. But you told me about it. And right away, I'm thinking about it again. It's like, hey, don't worry about that loss. You'll get over it. It's like, now I'm thinking about it. It's hard to get over it, right? Hey, so don't, don't picture an elephant, right? Here's what we need to learn to do. Spiritually speaking, mentally speaking, I tell people basically this. You got to learn to change the channel, okay? This is a phrase I've worked with a lot of kids basically on is to change the channel. What does that mean? It's really simple. If you're growing up uh, back in the day when um, my, my generation had a TV when, when I was little, it was like three stations, five if you're lucky, right? And then you would have to get, actually get out of your seat, to turn the channel. Somebody like, what? Yeah, I know, right? You got these little black and mouth things now. He's like, wait, I got like 200 more to scan through. Right? And it's like, yeah, you are very lucky to have all these channels. And here's the thing. You will be watching something on TV and you're going to be sitting there going, this is really dumb. Why am I watching this? And I used, you know, like I told the kids, it's probably like Sharknado 24 or something. I don't know. But it's like you're just watching it over and over. It's like, I need to, I need to change the channel. It's like, then change the channel. Here's the problem. We got thoughts that come in and we just leave them there. And we don't change the channel. We just keep thinking about that negative thing. We think about the negative thing. It's like, you got to learn to change the channel. So uh, you already saw it. It sort of happened here. Well, actually, I'll wait on that one. Um, a few months ago, I was at uh, UTMC. And so I'm sitting in the waiting room. I got to the waiting room. And there's like 20, 25 plus people in there. The place is full of people. It's like, man, a lot of hurting people today. And so I sit down and I'm waiting for my appointment. And, and um and, and they're on the TV, big screen TV, 20 plus people. There's like, I think it's called the Maury Show. I don't know. I really did not want to know the name of the show. Uh, all I know was there's a guy and his girlfriend, and the guy is sleeping with the girlfriend's mom. And the people in the, I know it's, it's disgusting, it's gross. And, and the people sitting in the audience are like, yeah! And there's like a beep, and there's a lot of beep going on because, you know, they're yelling and cussing at each other. And, and I'm sitting there going, I'm not like, do I got to watch this? I mean, it's, it's, the volume's turned up, and it's big, and it's right there. And I try to look at my phone, but I keep hearing it. And it's like, after about five minutes, I'm like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. i got to change the channel, right? So I walked over to the receptionist. I said, can I, do you have a remote? Can I turn that? Said, oh, yeah, just go ahead. So I walked over to the TV, and I stopped. I thought, I looked back at this room full of 20-plus people. I said, would anybody be upset if I changed the channel? And then I got a couple of these. You know, I was like, Whatever. It's like, I don't know, maybe people are in shock. Like, this guy's asking us? Like, so I'm like, because I couldn't find the remote. So I'm just pushing the button, pushing the button. Like, no, oh, no. You know, and finally the lady sitting right there goes, oh, that's okay. You can leave it right there. It was like uh, a baseball game from two years ago, the Toledo Mud Hens. It was like a repeat of something. It's like, all right, I'm okay with watching a two-year-old baseball game compared to what was on there before, right? And then sat back down. And I was like, you know, it's like, I, don't, I can't believe I did that. But here's what happens. Sometimes in life, you've got to stand up. And say, enough. Change the channel. I'm not going to watch this garbage anymore. Because all it does is just it's pollution to the mind. It's just negative. So you got to change the channel. So instead of the elephant, here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture a monkey smiling at you. You already saw it, didn't you? You got a monkey smiling at you? Everybody see that? Here's the beauty of this. Now you're smiling. Maybe i got to keep the monkey up there the whole service. I don't know. But here's the thing. I've just helped you change the channel. You're not thinking about what I talked about earlier because now you're looking at something different. This is what I'm talking about. You take whatever negative thoughts going on in there instead of saying, 
don't think about sinning. Don't think about sinning. Okay, you need to change the channel, put something positive in there in replacement to sort of help you move on. It's basically this, Romans 8, 5. Those who are dominated by sinful nature, what? Think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. What are you thinking about? You have to take every thought, as Scripture says, take every thought captive. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians that says this. We're human. We don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. You take every thought captive to obey Christ. What does that mean? What do you mean stronghold? Well, in this context, stronghold is the wrong thought, wrong perception about the nature of God, about the knowledge of who God is. And we've got to, we can choose to stop with what's going on with our thought life and bring it into captivity and the obedience of Christ. Thoughts of lust, thoughts of anger, thoughts of fear, thoughts of greed, bitter thoughts. Whatever those negative thoughts are, you have that opportunity to take that thought captive and say, I'm not going to be focusing on this. I'm not going to let that thought take dominance up here. Instead, as a Christian, I'm going to replace that. Because as a Christian, if you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are a Christian. You've been purchased by God. Did you know that? In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, don't you realize that your body... Is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit lives in you, and he's been given to you by God. Church, if you're in here and you're a Christian, you belong to God. His Spirit is in you. You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Your mind is included in that. I need to honor God with my thought life. How do you take every thought into the obedience of Christ? That's a good question. It's really an intentional action. It's what I had to do at that hospital. I had to get up out of my seat, stand up for what I wanted to believe, and actually go over and start pushing buttons and do something. Instead of just sitting there thinking, I can block it out. I can block it. No, I can't. It's too loud. The things that go on in this world today sometimes are just too loud for me. And I need better whatever I can do. God help me to not hear those thoughts. So what do I do? Let me give you some practical things here that maybe will help you. First of all, pray. Pray. And when you pray, you pray out loud. And you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, because that's where the power is, in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you pray out loud, why do I say pray out loud? Because the devil can't hear you if you're praying inside. Why do I want the devil to hear me? Because I want the devil to know who I worship, who I serve. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray out loud because God can hear my thoughts. Satan can't. He's a created being. Do not give the devil more power than what he has. He cannot be everywhere at once. He cannot know you. He does not know your thoughts. God can. So I pray out loud to make sure everybody's here, not you. But I'm, you know, I'm talking about spiritually here. Okay? And I pray, God, be my shield, be my victory. In the book of Psalm, chapter 35, David said, Oh Lord, oppose those who oppose me. He wasn't just praying praise and confession. Check out how he prays. Fight those who fight against me. Put on your armor. Take up your shield, God. 
Prepare for battle and come to my aid. Lift up your spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Let me hear you say, I'll give victory. Oh, Lord, you know all about this. Do not stay silent. Do not abandon me, O Lord. Wake up, rise to my defense. Take up my case, my God and my Lord. David's like, I'm going to pray. I'm praying out loud and I want you to know, God, I need you to be my shield. I've got things coming at me, whether it's physically, mentally, whatever it might be. Shield me. Psalm 34, verse 47 says this. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him will help, will find, I'm sorry, look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadows of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all those who fear him. So you begin to pray. That's where it starts. You pray, you pray out loud, you pray for God's help. Remember, he is an awesome, almighty God. He wants to help you. His spirit resides in you. He wants you to be victorious. Here's the second thing. Read, study, memorize God's word. Why? Because it is the spoken word of God now in written form for you and I. Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When I struggle with a sin, man, I need scripture to be in front of me to pop up and say, this is why I should not be making this choice right now because God's word shows me a way out. Psalm, I'm sorry, Joshua 1.8. God told Joshua, hey, study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. Make sure to obey everything in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful in everything you do. Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ in all its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. And Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. God's word is what we need to, to have in front of us. It is a filtering system for our thoughts. Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think on those things. Our mindset has to be prayer into God's word. We change the channel. We're not going to think about the name. I'm going to replace it with the positive truth of God's word, which could lead me to my third thing, and that is... Put it on post notes. Put it on three-by-five cards. Put it somewhere where you can see it. I put that picture of that monkey up there. Why? I could say, picture of a monkey looking at you, right, and smiling. You could probably come up with an idea, but I helped you out. I put the picture up on the screen, right? Because sometimes we need that. In the same way, when I go to my mom, she's 90 years old, that I can still walk around the house, and she will have note cards at different places, in the kitchen window, in the bathroom mirror, with scripture on it. Why? Because God's word needs to be before us at all times. Last story. I want to share this quick story with you. It's from the book of Luke. Okay? In the book of Luke, there's a story about a guy named Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus, as you remember, if you right now, right now in your mind, you're probably thinking, it was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Right? The song went off. And for some of you who went to Sunday school. In Luke chapter 19, you got this short little man. He was a tax collector. People hated him because he stole from them. And so he was not liked. And he hears Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is coming in. And right away he's thinking, oh, I would love to meet this Jesus. But I wonder, I wonder, in his mindset as he's sitting there thinking, I'm nobody. Matter of fact, people don't like me. So why would this guy like me? Why would he care about me? Why would he, I hear he loves people, why would he love me? So I want to see him though. 
So he climbs up this sycamore tree, right? He climbs up this tree and beside the road, so that as Jesus goes by, he can at least look down and see Jesus. I love this. Look at verse, uh, verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, come, quick, come down. I'm going to be a guest at your home today. It's like, what? Zacchaeus climbed down. And it's like, it felt good for him. I have to, I have to imagine. He's up there like, he had to be thinking like, how did he know my name? And, he, and why was he telling me to come down? He's coming to my house? No way. Can you imagine how he felt? Because in the back of his mind, he's probably sitting there thinking, I'm not worthy. I'm not loved, right? Not too long ago, we had some friends from the church say, hey, um, you want to you go out? Maybe we'll catch a, a show or something and, and grab something to eat. It's like, yeah, sounds fun. Let's do it. And so we went with our friends, went to the show, and it was a Christian comedian. And, and it happened to be somebody I knew. And I was like, oh, I know him. And uh, this is going to be fine. You know, so we, we get to the venue, and it's a nice place and everything. And, and, and I text him ahead of time saying, hey, hey, Ken, we're, we're going to be um, in the area, and we're actually coming to your show. And, he, you know, he come, flew up from Georgia for the show, and it's like, oh, this is going to be great, right? And he's like, hey, love to see you. Uh, I was like, well, I'll, I'll try to get there. And we were running behind, and so it's like... Uh, the show's going to start soon. It's like, I probably won't be able to see you. Maybe I can see you after the show. But I knew he was going to catch another flight to his next venue. Um, but he's like, no, no, no. Just uh, just come in. I'll, we'll make sure we find you. Okay, so we got dropped off front door. My wife and I, our friends, were walking in. We opened the door to come in. There's ticket takers and all these people in the lobby. And these two ladies come shooting across. And they're like, they're like are you Rex Stump? I'm like, yes, I am. And I come with us. And I was like, looked at my wife, see you. And, uh, and, and our friend, and because she knew what was going on, and she's like, yeah, go for it. So I'm like, I'm going backstage. I'm going around the corner. I was like, oh, okay. Good to see him. We chat for a while. I'm like, dude, you're, you're on stage in five minutes. Um, I probably should go, right? So anyway, went back in, sat down. And, uh, and I was sitting there thinking about this because our, our friends didn't know my relationship with him. But, you know, I'll admit this. It felt good. When I walked in those doors, I'm, I walked into a place where I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me, right? And I walk in, and somebody comes up and says, Are you Rexed up? Yeah, come with us. We're going backstage to see the main guy. I'm sitting there going, That's how Zacchaeus felt. I, I mean, who am I? Pick me and go back, you know? And it's like, I'm going back. And it's like, it felt good to have my name called. It felt good to, to say, you know what? You love me enough. You want to talk to me and say hi to me before you, you've got a job to do. And it's like, yeah. That's the way it is with you as well. You were loved. You're loved by the God of this universe. He knows your name. The devil's going to lie to you. He's going to say you're not worthy to be called. You're not worthy to be picked. You're not worthy to be chosen. You're not worthy to, to, to be in my presence. That's a lie. The guy that's in the universe calls you by name and says, I want to spend time with you. I'm coming to your house, Zacchaeus. We're going to hang out together. Worship team, would you come forward, please? I don't know if you feel like you've been lied to lately. If you've got some negative thoughts going on up in your head right now. Church, I want to encourage you. Listen to truth. Listen to truth. God loves you. You are loved. You're loved. It's no joke. It's all truth. Would you stand, please? Heavenly Father, what an amazing God you are.
I thank you, Lord, for the truth that we are loved. The devil's going to try to distract us, lie to us, place thoughts in our mind about what is true or not, and it's, it's a lie. We find truth from your word. We find out that we are loved by you. Despite the things that we've done in our life, you love us. And God, that's what I love about being able to come to a church like this. We learn here at this church, God, that you love us. And the bad things we do, the sin that we commit, it does separate us and it hurts our relationship with you. But if we confess with our mouths, if we pray and ask you to forgive us, you will forgive us of our sins, of our bad things that we've done. Because you are a holy God, but yes, you're a God full of grace and gives us what we do not deserve. And that's new life. Thank you for forgiving us when we ask for forgiveness. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to help us live in a way that honors you. Thank you for now filling us with truth and power. And by your name, the name of Jesus Christ, we can stand victoriously and change the channel and say, God, I am going to focus on what is true. As we pray, as we read your word, as we memorize scriptures, we put it before us. God, thank you for truth. We are loved and we thank you for that truth. We love you, Lord. In thy name we pray. Amen.